Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is a very special, unprecedented episode of the Duras Sisters podcast. <laughs> we have a special guest with us. Daria, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, we're so excited. This is a really special episode. We are kind of going off of our series. So this is just going to be wild and really fun. I'm excited. We've already, so we've been messaging Daria for a little bit and we've already thought that this should just be a Voyager shit show. This entire episode (laughs) is going to be a fandom shit show. So if you're listening um, canonically to our podcast, you'll know that we are kind of in a desert of series right now. We just finished the holodeck series last week. It was probably two weeks ago. We've had some sickness. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of stuff going on, but the holodeck series is done. We hope you enjoyed that episode with our little sister, Gabriella. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. And the engineering series will be the next full series that we are completing. But since we're in a little bit of a hiatus anyway, we are throwing in some really fun episodes. So today we're going to be talking about fandom and maybe specifically Voyager fandom. We're just going to see how the conversation takes us. And then we will actually be doing some catch-up episodes. So this is something that we've always been about in the Dora Sisters podcast because we have done huge series like the family series, the time travel series, feminism, first officers, villains. villains. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since we've recorded those episodes, we've had new episodes drop in series like Picard and Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds and really New Trek. So for the next couple of weeks, we will be catching up on those series. So Rihanna, like, do you, do you remember off the top of your head? I think we're going to have it pulled up here. Okay. (laughs) Please tell us Um, what the next couple of weeks are going to look like. So we are going to be going in order of our series. So we will be starting with family. There's no new pilot episodes. We already dropped Strange New Worlds. So we will be talking about family in Prodigy, then Strange New Worlds. And then we're going to be doing a family in Picard part two because of season three, obviously is crazy about family. And then we're going to be moving on to Love and Affection with Strange New Worlds, Time Travel with Picard, Villains. We're going to be covering a lot of new Trek, Feminism, First Officer, Spooky, and Holodeck. There's going to be so much coming down the pipeline here because like literally I could read all of this to you, but it'd be like a long list. So <laughs> that's just a taste of what we have coming. We're calling this the catch-up series. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're holding off on some series, like obviously Lower Decks is not finished, but we're going to do what we can. Shows like Prodigy, where we know we're going to have two or three more seasons, we're kind of pumping the brakes on. Um, but we still want to talk about the seasons that are out right now. So yeah. I hope you will enjoy our new Trek adventure we have coming up the next couple of weeks. And then we will be starting the engineering series, and that's going to be totally normal, back to business, starting with... <laughs> Scotty special going on to LaForge and so on. So very excited about that. And then also, I would really love to thank MC Freudus, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Naskos, Wolfwit, Rick Mason, John T. Bolds, Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. 
Thank you so much for being patrons of our podcast. We really appreciate you. And we hope you are enjoying the perks and the many tiers that you are subscribed to. Rihanna is working on sending out packages to the people who are subscribed to our- Our Dura sisters and the the honorable Kayla's themselves. (laughs) Yeah. So our top two tiers, you guys get monthly merch if you are subscribed to that tier. So- If you are thinking about becoming a patron of a podcast, you can donate as little as $1 per month to have some kind of benefits. So uh, I hope you will take advantage of that. You can go to patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast to find out some more information. Okay. Deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) You did beautifully. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Daria gets to see our uh, housekeeping information. Okay. So here we are. Daria we have seen you through TikTok, and I have to first of all give props to Rihanna because she is our social media queen and sh- her TikToks are fucking fantastic. That's right. Thank I you. dropped the first F bomb because this is an explicit Woo. episode. Fuck. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And through the tick through through the TikTok, I'm like 80 years <laughs> <Millennial>. old. <laughs> yeah, I am millennial vibes. Um, we've gotten to, to see Daria's wonderful videos. So I just want to open up this conversation and say, Daria, how did you get into Star Trek? What's your relationship with it? Go for it. Introduce oh. yourself for us. I'm honestly, I guess, kind of late to the game in terms of becoming like a Star Trek fan. Like most Trekkies I talked to have been fans literally since they were like in utero. <laughs> so I'm newer to it. I've been a fan since like 2015-ish. Um, I was having some like health issues and I had to quit my job and everything. And so I was just like watching a lot of movies and stuff. And I actually became a fan of Orange is the New Black. I was like, who is this red person doing this for me? I kind of do a thing where I find an actor or someone that I really like. And then I watch their entire filmography because I don't know how to be normal about things I like. And so I was doing that with Kate Mulgrew and people kept mentioning Janeway and like, what the is a Jane way. And then it, I found Voyager on Hulu and they started watching that. Someone else said this online, I think, but they said how perfect Voyager is for like introducing Star Trek to someone because it, you don't have to know the whole lore and you get a new alien every week and you're just going to see how, you know, Starfleet kind of works, but in a way more different version or like watered down version. And you get to just enjoy it as it is you're taught all the principles without having to know everything, you know, which I love. So that was my introduction and and kind of my first love of Star Trek. And then since then I've been able to branch out and watch the other, other stuff. And so that's when it started and has not ended. I can say that's for sure. So deep in the hyperfixation, I can (laughs) We are all there with you. Yeah. (laughs) So have you seen like, are, have you seen all the old stuff, all the new stuff? Like, how much have you watched? Um, I feel like I was like, oh, I've seen so much. And then, like, 30 more things pop up. I'm like, what? <laughs> how it goes. Yep. Um, I've seen, so I've seen all of TNG, Voyager, the original series. So I think I've seen all, like, the main series. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I've seen a couple of the movies. I need to, like, catch up on the movies mm-hmm. and I want to watch the animated series the first one because that oh, looks so good so yep. cheesy it's and I've seen all the memes yeah. um mm-hmm. and yeah but I feel like I'm behind a lot but yeah it's kind of hard to no see. there's nothing about behind like it's just like where you're <laughs> at in your current Star Trek journey and that's amazing so. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're not here to gatekeep. Like, if you like any Star Trek, I like yeah. you. So <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> I yeah. love what you said about Voyager being a great introduction series because it's true. And I, I actually think about our mom because yeah. he had a very similar situation where she had some health issues and she was couch bed bound for like yeah. a year or more. And she knew that we're like insane Trekkies. And so she started along her journey. And what she did was watch every single pilot of the series. And once she wanted to keep going, I think it was Deep Space Nine was her Deep first. Space Nine. Yeah. Um, she oh, loved yeah, that my pilot. Like second favorite. That, I yeah. love it's so, good. it's so good and she watched the whole thing and I think Voyager was maybe her second she's gonna second text me third, and be yeah. like Ashlyn that's wrong but um <laughs> Voyager was definitely up there for her and I, I totally think it was, agree yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's a great one Rihanna and I Star Trek journey we are very like we went in order so we started with TOS mm-hmm. and then kept going in order of release and the first time around I had some issues with Voyager because it was so similar to TNG like watching them back to back was hard because even though they're in the Delta Quadrant they're literally like some episodes of the exact same of what Mm -hmm. the TNG cast dealt with and we took like we watched the first five seasons of Voyager together and then we were both in high school and did not have time or didn't make time you know to to finish watching Voyager and so we took about a year or two break Mm -hmm. in between and then we finished Voyager and we were both like screaming in tears our Voyager love yeah yeah Yeah. and then both of us have had a renaissance especially since like starting the podcast but I would say in the last year like we've like lost our minds about Voyager (laughs) so (laughs) welcome to the team yeah exactly yeah love Voyager I'm literally no you guys can't see it but I have a a Janeway and Chicote pin on my little cardigan right now like just so so obsessed yeah very well done yeah yeah I'm trying I'm not looking at your boobs I promise (laughs) oh I mean it's fine yeah and I wish Rihanna got these for me I don't even know the artist but it is Um, I do I can post them I'll post them on our story and on our patreon so don't worry Boom. Yeah. So take a look. Yeah, they're very okay. talented. Yeah. So Daria, every everything you mentioned, who would be your favorite character then of what you've seen of Star Trek? No restrictions. You can list a couple too, because this is a yeah. tough question. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So I almost feel like she doesn't fit in the like just a favorite. Janeway is Star Trek to me. Like when I yeah. think of Star Trek, she's the first thing in my mind. And I know Star Trek is way more than one person, but like she's my girl. I love mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But lately, the people I've just been like gravitating towards is Mariner from Lower Decks. Yes. It yes. tends to be the women. I don't mean it to be, but totally. it just, I think just cause yes. it's feminine energy. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kira Norris is like, Oh yes. Girl mm-hmm. power, everything. Totally. And I feel like I see her a lot in like that character archetype and a lot of like um, fantasy books and a lot of like, kind of strong women roles mm-hmm. and I think there's just something about like she just fits in everywhere and I just keep going this is Kira <laughs> that's like um so maybe I don't know maybe that's why I like her so much but oh it's kind of weird but the cat doctor I keep forgetting her name but Tana yeah, yeah. Yes. Ashlyn, yeah are like the same She's, I feel her in my soul I think it's because I'm a mom of a toddler so I'm always harried and just yelling at people and I'm like <laughs> this is me on so many levels so I don't know why those are my three people right now but <laughs> obsessed with your choices yeah yeah Yeah, so basically angry (laughs) yelling women (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's perfect. And I love what you said about like how the women are written and how like you just gravitate towards them because I feel like that's so great to have in Star Trek because a lot of other franchises, I'm not trying to bash here, but like just it's clearly either it's very like male centric or written by men. And like, yes, a lot of Star Trek was written by men, but also like it still gave a lot of space for women to like be different and be, you know, not the stereotype or any of that kind of stuff, especially for sci-fi. It's really cool. And I just love that about Star Trek that like, oh, you could actually get pretty well-written women unless they're written by Rick Berman, but it's oh, yeah. okay. Well, you still get around that. <laughs> it popped in my head when you were talking about how a lot of Voyager seems so much like, uh, like, uh, sorry, TNG. the next generation. Yeah. yeah. It's because in the beginning they were like, you know, I, if you watch any Kate Mulgrew interview, she talks about how in the beginning they were literally trying to make her Picard, like how they had her stand, how her, had her hair, like everything was like, I'm Picard with boobs. <laughs> but like the minute she's like, let me just be a person. That's where I think we get a lot of the things that make us love Janeway about like, you know, that make us gravitate towards her because she feels like herself, you know, and she feels real, you know, like with her just trying to throw a ship into a pulsar just because she was just so done and like, you know, at edge, like how have we not felt like that where we're just like, I'm going to just throw everything at the wall because I can't handle it anymore. And that you know, that feels real instead of like, let us diplomatic our way through space. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. That's sometimes you got to be messy. And I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. And I love the Janeway's like spirit too. I think that she has the Delta Quadrant energy, you know, that it's, she it's does, she so was chaotic. meant for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Picard can be his little Alpha Quadrant, like little guy. And then, yeah. <laughs> out here Janeway is just like wilded with her face pistol like I, just I think it. Cisco could have totally handled the Delta Quadrant I think it would have just blown totally. it up or just <laughs> stay there even like yeah but like she had just enough Picard in her to like okay let's get home and not explode everything but like you know I yeah I I think he could have been it would have been fun to see him kind of play around in the Delta Quadrant absolutely well and I'm someone who grew up like watching like once we watched TNG Picard has been my favorite Star Trek character until this year and Janeway has finally surpassed I'm just such a Picard stan and I really feel like especially I mean I'm not going to spoil anything with season three but I I think Picard a lot of the time because he's bound to the Alpha Quadrant and he's so like besties with Starfleet a lot of the times he's very restricted by what he can do and he will make his choices because he knows kind of what the people above him will think and Janeway of course because she's in the Delta Quadrant and is not bound and will probably never have like these day-to-day things really studied and she won't be reprimanded for her choices she has a lot more freedom than Picard ever did and that's why I love Voyager so much is because she can make really risky choices like with Tuvix you know which she gets so much hate for which I also I love that that's so tired of that argument I'm like so I, I, sick of it. I know yeah. It's a great conversation, but it's like, Like, there was no, that's the whole point. There was no good choice. Like, Yeah. Yes. And people don't scrutinize actions of other captains as heavily, even if it's the same situation, like an enterprise and Picard has dealt with similar ethical dicey, like he's made a lot of dicey decisions and it's just not fair. It's like, just because she's a woman, everyone scrutinizes it way more. And I'm just like, I wish she would stop. (laughs) Like, the two big things like yeah. women in politics like i'm a big fan sorry outing myself a little here i'm a big yeah. fan of aoc 
and she reminds me of Jamie and she's like totally openly fans of Jamie but you see her take so much shit for like breathing the wrong way but you don't see it with Cory Booker you don't see it with like anybody else as nearly as much because she's a woman who speaks her mind and sticks to what she says you know and she's not perfect you know there's things that I may not agree with but I agree with a lot of what she stands for but just to see just even if I didn't agree with her it would still irk me how much like vitriol like it's not just I don't agree with you it's vitriol and I see the same thing with Janeway if she has the audacity to do anything that's a little shaky you know like people adore Cisco for being messy he's he's a messy bitch like he likes a little drama (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest yes (laughs) but like she doesn't get that and so it's you know I'm a little too well heated no I this is how we all get yes (laughs) okay so this is exactly why Rian and I were so excited to have you on the pod because we have watched your TikToks for like six months maybe longer like (laughs) we we love your TikToks Rihanna and I always send them to each other and just because you're like a kindred spirit with the way that we (laughs) think too and especially I'm like a crazy JC fan and so I Mm -hmm. love your JC TikToks and so I want to I want to ask you a little bit about TikTok and like what's your process do you just like get ideas and you just like make the videos like you have a great Janeway just like tell us about your process (laughs) Uh, thank you for thinking I have a process. It's just <laughs> sheer chaos, just throwing <laughs> shit at a wall. Um, but a lot of the times, so I think my neighbors think I'm legitimately insane, but thankfully there's a lot of tweakers here. So I think they just think I'm that, but like, I will be usually when I'm like walking or going somewhere, I get the craziest ideas. And then I laugh at myself like a crazy person. And then I start talking to myself like a crazy person. So a lot of like writing that I do is either taking like a walk or at the gym. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big lifter. And then I'll just like be like, oh, my God, Chakotay should do like, you know, like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I look crazy. I'm sure people are a little afraid of me, which I love. Yeah. Um, so then I have to wait till I have time. But then because I'm as obnoxious as I can be online and stuff, I'm actually get kind of embarrassed. So I have to wait till I'm alone at the house. Sure. To, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And then I usually do like three takes because I want it to be good or I just like it may like it, a lot of times like what I see in my head and then what goes on screen does not match. So I have to kind of find that in between. But if I go past three takes and I'm like, then I hate the video and I put in a weird vibe in it. And then so I'm like, OK, so generally, yeah, I think about it. And then about two days later, I will film. And then in those two days, I kind of whittle it down to actually making sense instead of just me laughing at a screen <laughs> of myself. <laughs> sure. So that's generally what I do. And it's also fun because I think I pull a lot from just being online and like watching other Star Trek stuff or just seeing like Twitter or like people talking. Like I, I honestly, and I know I'm biased, but I think Trek fans are the funniest people I've ever met. And I think we have a great humor about ourselves because- forever Trekkies have been kind of a meme like kind of a joke and a lot of times like you know there's Voyager there's TNG there's all these things but I honestly feel like the fandom itself is also another show and I'm a fandom of that show you know so that's that's the process I just kind of pull it from everywhere and then it poops out into (laughs) some (laughs) TikTok I can put out when I can oh yeah 
I love that. And it really is a process. Like you think you don't have one, but you do it. And that's really <laughs> cool. Like, I, I think it's so fun because I do the same shit. Like I, I'm on a walk and then sometimes I just start thinking about all of these great skits or like just, oh, I know that TikTok sound would work perfect for like this, for Kira or this random character. And like, it's just really fun to see like you said, other TikTokers and other Trek talkers also doing that kind of fun stuff, like seeing Rick Mason do all of his amazing cosplay. And like every time someone else has a new cosplay ready, I'm like, I get all excited. You know, it just, I love that community feel for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, and I totally see that with other sounds I'll save. Like, so I have so many sounds <laughs> saved just, just Same. for like random thoughts that I have for, and they're all totally. Jade Wayne. Like I need to like branch out, but I keep seeing her. So it's how it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how the conversation goes. <laughs> if you're gonna base your fandom around someone, she's like the queen. <laughs> she's yeah. literally so much content. Yeah, yes. literally the queen. So yeah. Well, this is a great segue um, because this episode that we wanted to do, obviously, it's not a part of any series. We're not, we didn't watch any episodes to prepare, but <laughs> I think it's a really good time to celebrate Trek fandom and. I fucking Paramount. Okay. I knew but, you were going to talk about yeah, First Contact okay, Day. <laughs> okay. I have to talk about First Contact Day because this was a holiday that literally Paramount and like Star Trek.com invented. And I mean, obviously, First Contact Day is a real thing. It was yeah, April. Yeah, Cochran invented it, really. Let's be real. <laughs> April, April 5th, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's First Contact Day. That's when the Vulcans come to Earth in 40 years from now. So we have some sure. time to prepare for the Vulcans. But last year, it was the best day of my year because we found out out that the next generation cast was going to be joining Picard season three so this was a gigantic news drop yeah huge and I remember like feeling the happiness of that for a week after because I couldn't believe that everyone was returning to the screen and so this year I know we have Star Trek Day which is uh, September 8th that was the day that the first episode of TOS premiered in 1966 they had a whole thing in I think it was San Diego uh, where Mm -hmm. they had everybody like on stage but for this year for First Contact Day, I was expecting literally anything to happen. A crumb. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing happened. We had the announcement that um, the Starfleet Academy show is going to be starting. Um, I think there, I mean, there was very little details about it, but that was even announced a week before First Contact yeah. Day. Yeah. So it, <laughs> despite literally Paramount shitting the bed on <laughs> first contact day the thing that made me so happy to see and what I constantly see is Star Trek fans coming together on social media I I think it's it's especially strong on Twitter um TikTok and Instagram but people were waiting all day and they're posting their dreams about will we get Star Trek Legacy will we get Star Trek Janeway posting their prayer circles too (laughs) yeah yeah posting the prayer circles But overwhelmingly, it was so much like Trek positivity. And I think it's very easy in fandom to get bogged down in the details. And, you know, I mean, we just talked about the Tuvix thing, you know, Um, but I just feel like it's a really good time to celebrate being a Star Trek fan because five years ago, we only had Discovery, you know, Um, there are literally so many Star Trek shows, it's almost impossible to say all of them right now. And uh, so I thought this would be a really good episode just to talk about Trek and fandom specifically. So Rihanna, I'm going to start with you. What does fandom mean to you? And I know because you're my sister, this is a heavy question. So yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to ask you to narrow it down to Trek fandom specifically. Sure, what does fandom you. mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So if 
all of you weren't aware before, um, I am definitely a person who gets into something I dive full in, like you were saying, Daria, like totally just completely want to be in the world and creating. And I saw, you know, a really interesting TikTok recently about someone who talked about how like they sort of participate in fandom from just like wallflower point of view. And I'm like the opposite. I like dive fully in. I'm writing fan fiction. I'm like sometimes make fan vids. Sometimes I'm like cosplaying, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was something that kind of Ashlyn and I would just do by ourselves for so long. And we didn't really have a Star Trek community besides Starfest, which is the convention that was near us in Denver where we lived. And it was beautiful because it was like the only time of year that I got to like be crazy in front of a bunch of people. And they didn't actually think I was crazy, you know, and we actually were all crazy together. And the rest of the year, I would read Star Trek books in class and get like totally teased for it because like you said, it's the nerdy fandom. It's not like the cool Star Wars fandom or like Harry Potter, of course, we were into, which was the cool thing to be into. But I mean, our Star Trek love sort of, at least for me, it like came like a, a fucking hurricane, you know, like you're you're just watching the first movie and then suddenly you're, we're like into TNG and then t- watching Deep Space Nine And it just became such a huge part of our lives that I was so happy when we finally created this podcast and created a Star Trek community. And even a few years before that, right before the pandemic, I met a bunch of Star Trek fans. I met them in San Francisco and we became friends and I had like a whole Star Trek community to watch Picard with. And so it's those memories that I really like am fond about, of course, convention memories, because those are like the first connection, you know, to fandom and to other Trek fans. But then I think the podcast actually is what has really made me realize, oh my God, Star Trek fans are everywhere. Actually, we just all are a little nervous to say it at first because it's a little nerdy and way more dorky than being a you know, Star Wars fan. Um, so yeah, I, I just really love Trek fans overall. And I think that, yes, there's a lot of controversy with new Trek and Trek bros and what's woke and what's not. But I think at its core, like Star Trek fans are so... Like, kind and wholesome and they come from a place of like of the heart you know even though it's corny it's true they've got faith in the heart so <laughs> I said it <laughs> I don't care what people says that's a good ass song so. thank you yes <laughs> this is okay, what I'm saying okay but do you like when it's slow and then later when it's fast like at the last two seasons <laughs> okay I and mean, I like OG like I like you it. like OG <laughs> I like I prefer OG do you like that what if it speeds up Ashlyn I <laughs> I I do because I think it's so wild. Like, why <laughs> would someone hear that song and think, I've got this? Yeah, like, this we don't need tambourines. Like, you don't no. need to speed it up, bro. Yeah, I. it makes me happy. <laughs> I love it that you love it situation. just for the chaos of it. Yeah. Not really oh, yeah. Just the chaos of it. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think about Archer as a very chaotic character, so I think it fits very well. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. He's like chaos. the cowboy of the, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the cowboy diplomacy side of Faith of yeah. the Heart is <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, Ashlyn, now I will ask you the same question. What does fandom mean to you? What does Star Trek fandom mean to you? And how has it been a part of your life? For sure. Well, I'm going to take some things that you said, Rihanna. Um, growing up, it was just the two of us, two sisters in love with a fandom that no one understood. And I got very lucky because I went to an arts middle school and high school. And so, you know, those are some strange people also <laughs> going to school with me. I was definitely teased for being a Star Trek fan, but I was never bullied or anything. I just always felt like being a Star Trek fan made me an outcast, but not in a bad way, because 
at that time, obviously like Star Trek is like what your dad watched, you know, it like, I, I really vibed with older people. I remember being a hurrah for Halloween, like in eighth grade or something. And I went trick or treating with my friends and all of the parents were like, I love your costume. No one my age knew what was going on. 2009, right. When the movie came out, um, the JJ movie. But so I, I think it was lonely being a Star Trek fan at the beginning of my life. And once the, once I found my people on the internet and also like Rihanna talked about meeting people at conventions is so special because you can start talking about something with someone and you've never met them and you have no idea like what their values are or anything, but you can talk about like we are, how much we love Janeway, you know? And to me, it's just, it's so special to have that connection. As also Rihanna touched on, we are both huge fans of a lot of other things like Harry Potter is what we grew up, Marvel, Star Wars, just like huge nerds in every way. But I've always felt like Star Trek fans are like the neurodivergent community. I think what like Star Trek fandom means to me is a place of safety because it's people who understand why I'm so obsessed with this better future. And, and for me, I think that's one of the most important things is like, I thought when I first started watching Star Trek, that the world was in kind of a crazy place. And I, I mean, that was like 2008, you know, (laughs) this is, this is more than 10 years later. And I feel like the world more than ever is in a really crazy place. I don't know what's going to happen with global warming or any of these other like hot button items right now. And what keeps me really tethered is Star Trek because we have that idealistic future that will always bring me happiness. Even if the world around me is kind of on fire, I can still hope, you know, I can hope that maybe we'll all come together and agree on something um, to help each other. So I think for me, Star Trek really transcends a lot. Um, yeah, I'm just yes. going to close it there and I'm going to send it to Daria. Um, nice. What about you? What does fandom and Star Trek fandom mean to you? Star Trek for me, if I could like boil it down to a word is voice. And as you mentioned, like people who are neurodivergent or maybe come from kind of groups that aren't allowed to speak, like, you know, people of color, women, people who aren't really sure of their gender, you know, people who are kind of known to be shoved in a corner um I think it's for a lot of people who have so much to say about what they're going through or not able to experience but don't know how to say it but you meet another Trekkie or you 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 know talk to someone online you say an episode or a scene and suddenly they understand you on multitudes of levels you know like if you've ever had to face, you know, like making a really scary decision that involves someone's life uh, or like ending it or something like that, two fix, <laughs> you know, like if you ever had to, you know, there's like, like the Borg, probably there's a lot of people who had to leave like their churches or something. And it felt like it'd be so much easier to just join the hive mind. But then they broke out and they feel like seven being like a child again. And everyone's annoyed that you don't understand all these nuances. That sounds like so much of my friends who happen to be like ex-Mormon or something like that. Like there's so much they weren't taught about daily life and society that they feel embarrassed, but they understood seven, you know, and there's, it's giving you a voice or it's giving you, or someone's talking to you and suddenly you understand what they're saying that translators there, you know, there's 
so that's kind of what it means. Fandom to me is voice, whether it be your own voice being heard or hearing another voice you didn't know existed. And I think that's something truly beautiful. And we connect on such a level. And the most beautiful part of it all is that, you know, probably sorry if I'm reiterating, but like, there's so much you don't even have to say that you just get. And I've never had that with, you know, and I'm like, I, I am also in a lot of fandoms and do not know how to be normal there either. I'm just like, this is my entire life. It's my personality now. But <laughs> with Star Trek, for some reason, it's on a deeper level. Like it feels like home. It feels like something very different. And I think it's because I'm understood on so many different levels than I am anywhere else. So that's how it is for me. Yes, Daria, that's so beautiful. And I agree so much. Yeah, I think even from like the perspective of being a queer person too, like Star Trek has just like gone leaps and bounds further than any of the other shows and just like making me feel welcome and accepted, you know, even if it was just queer coding. Right now I'm wearing my little Kirk and Spock, like they're doing their little hand touch kiss thing uh, (laughs) that Ashland got me. And it just makes me think about like how like literal slash fiction was invented by Amok Time and Star Trek TOS and like the housewives writing gay fan fiction in their (laughs) living rooms, you know? And it just makes me think about how like much queerness was accepted into Trek, even if it was queer coded or maybe not the intention of uh, the creators. It still like pushes through those boundaries and just, I think like I don't, I don't know if it would have taken me longer to realize I was lesbian or just like come into myself if it weren't for Star Trek, you know, and exactly like you said, Daria, with the connecting of the voice and connecting of like on first contact day, we posted videos of both of us listing our most watched or go to uh, Star Trek episodes. And so even that is really interesting to see how different people find comfort in completely different episodes or find like solace, you know, like I'm over here watching these like depressing Voyager episodes and Ashlyn's like, ah, the one where Chakotay and Janeway make a bath together. <laughs> or like, <laughs> ah, yes, this really depressing one where Janeway is like dead and Chakotay is just sobbing, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, Ashlyn's just has all the JC ones. It's just so fun to watch and see how everyone expresses their love of Trek differently too. Like there's so much to take from too. Yeah. See, I judge you harshly for saying resolutions is not on your rewatch no, list. It should be. What's, why, so why are you watching the Raven when you could be watching resolutions? What's it's going on? This masterpiece. Like okay. I, I'm a seven of nine fan, but not a seven inch Chicote fan. It, there's nothing, no love there. I do but. have to say that um, if you're at, like a literary nerd, Mm-hmm. Star Trek is written very Shakespearean and the Raven is so Shakespearean. Totally. And so I, I if you that kind of connects with you, no, I'm I literally an English major. So like, this feels <laughs> mm, I want to yes. <laughs> like I totally get this. Yes. Brianna like, is like the yeah. Picard. Uh, like she loves literally. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know between like Picard and what's his name, Kang and Undiscovered Country. Like you oh, are both, yeah. We're all Just, quoting Shakespeare out here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so good. So Something else I wanted to kind of talk about, we've, I think we've already said it, like a memorable example of positive fandom. This, so I, I just want to share a story from Starfest. And this is not even actually a Trek story, but um, just an example of how much I love the nerd community. So this Starfest, as Rihanna said, is this tiny Star Trek convention in Denver. I'm so sad because Starfest is no longer happening. They're like, they don't have conventions anymore, but their tradition was every Saturday night, every single year, they would show Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog, which was a like, 
yeah, like huge leader anything at Neil Patrick Harris, James, or uh, what's his name? Nathan Fillion, I think created by Joss Whedon. Um, It was um, like an internet blog, Felicia Day, like huge, you know, huge names now. Um, They would just watch it and show it on a big screen and the entire fucking like everyone was there like no matter singing the songs yeah no matter if you're there for like star wars or star trek or like whatever thing you're there for for the convention it was a huge viewing every year to watch that and everyone sang along they had like actors kind of like um what's the uh it was very rocky warp again yeah yeah yeah. thank you Brianna. yeah. yeah it was very rocky horror where they had actors acting out everything and every year that was, that was my church, honestly, was yes. coming to see like Dr. Horrible sing along blog. And it like, that was very impactful for me as a young, I think it was like a sixth grader the first time. So, you know, like yeah. 11, 12 well, years old. Brain chemistry, you're like, no, oh, yeah. this is me now. Yeah. Like, this is cool. yeah. yeah. And it, it created a safe space for me to be really weird and it was okay to be weird. And so I, I, for me, that's one of my favorite memories of fandom. I mean, I have so many like amazing Star Trek memories, but for me, that really stood out. Yeah. So, and then this also takes me back to the early days or, and just even in general about how people express their love. Cause I think about like when the original Star Trek came out in um, the sixties, Rihanna mentioned the housewives who were like literally writing fan fiction. I recently met a friend. So I, Uh, it's very rare to meet Star Trek fans in person, I found. And I met someone who actually works at the same university that I do. And we had drinks a couple months ago. And she talked about that there is a Star Trek group that meets in Virginia Beach. And they have been meeting there for 20 years. And they just talk about Star Trek. And they bring like, clippings to show each other from like different magazines and they bring their fan fictions that they're working on and it's like a workshop of just for like three hours they hang out and talk about Star Trek together and I think since the pandemic they haven't rejoined but I'm just so in awe of that type of community that is definitely like pre predated the internet you know Mm -hmm. and it makes me think of my own um like evolution of being a fan because before like when I was first on the internet there was no Facebook you know like or Facebook was very new and you had to meet people like like message boards and uh like very interesting like ways to communicate like MuggleNet Interactive I think like which was a Harry Potter form but yet I was like writing cosplaying like stories about Star Trek 2009 and like I was McCoy like it yeah so there it's just it's so interesting to see how people can like connect to the fandom I'm wondering if you guys have any like pre-social media about how you've um, connected with Star Trek fans in the past like 10 years (laughs) I mean, my first thought is Tumblr and how just oh, insane yes. a place it is and how also welcoming and inviting it was for my little 12-year-old brain who, like you said, Ashlyn, had like, sure, I could be weird at home, but like, I'm always weird, you know? And so it was fun to get to be weird in these different spaces. And Tumblr was definitely weird. It still is. It's amazing. And you really do find a community there. Ashlyn and I do have a Dura Sisters Tumblr. So if you want to go check it out, that's my plug for that. Um it's actually really great because I kind of do a lot of like meme testing on Tumblr sometimes. I find myself like, I don't know if this is funny, but like Tumblr will decide for me, you know? And so if it's successful enough on Tumblr, then I'll post it on other social media. But I that's kind of the energy that I get with a lot of earlier fandom stuff is that it's just a place to be goofy and weird and have fun. 
and not feel judged or have to like look at how many reblogs or likes it has. You know, you don't have to stress. And I know that some people like don't care about that stuff. And I pretend not to care about how many likes a post get, but like I do, you know, and I think a lot of us actually do care. And so Tumblr, at least for me, kind of softens that. And it's like, no, I don't actually care. I just want to post this because I think it's funny. And if one other person does, cool. If no one does, cool. Like, I don't, you know, it's just, it's a very relaxing environment to be in, which is funny because Tumblr is chaos. But um, <laughs> at least the Star Trek side of Tumblr is so fun. Just beautiful, hilarious. Like the fan art is amazing. Um, all that kind of stuff. I love seeing creators go on there and talk about a show that is literally like especially when people talk about TOS and they're like just getting into Star Trek and they're like 13 or 14 or you know starting college and watching TOS whenever you find Star Trek is like your time you know yeah. and so it's just cool to see what people will make of a show that has been literally long gone and we're still just talking about it as much as the you know 60s and 70s housewives did for sure I think the beautiful thing about Tumblr is that it is so unabashedly joyful about whatever you're into and I think you that's so rare these days you have to be either monopolizing off it or like too cool for it or like I don't know why people are so set on like pooping on someone's enjoyment but I love that with Tumblr it's just like do you want to spend like 30 posts on the way that John Delancey blinked at Janeway that one time like and you can and it's not weird and someone have people like written essays you know and it's and everyone's just I love that's my favorite thing about Tumblr it's just and there's no pressure on it it's anonymous I think I've learned more about someone's trauma than anything before I learned they had a dog like I love it so backwards (laughs) and it's chaos but it's just so loving and I think we like it's because it's chaos it kind of polices out people who just want to be terrible because then you just don't give them attention or people are like too busy talking about something else so it's it's a really fun community to be in I'm a big fan of it I feel like and TikTok is not this way like I definitely of course like see comments about people hating on certain series like we get comments all the time like discovery is trash you know which I'm like why would you immediately delete I'm like I don't need that yeah like (laughs) I don't get it but I do think that TikTok is unique because if similar to what Rihanna is saying about Tumblr like I will post a video that I'm like this is so (laughs) niche no one will get it and I'm fine you know, I'm fine having no likes. It's cool because I'm so happy that I noticed this thing and it'll get like 50 comments and yeah. everyone's like <laughs> fighting about my interpretation of this like niche thing. And it's been really shocking to see how many people can really just go in. And I think the algorithm thing that TikTok has going on as scary as it is it's like stealing our data and you know yeah. we have no yeah. privacy anymore <laughs> but I do think we though yeah. I mean we never did yeah <laughs> but I do think for fandoms it is a uniquely really wonderful place and t- Trek talk slaps I yeah, think personally no, not just that like I posted something about Ryan's hope which is like I'm sure you guys know but it's a soap opera that like it was Kate's like breakthrough role mm-hmm. and she yeah. was literally just like this little ball of anxiety and legs and she was just I think 19 or something but anyways I posted something about that making fun because my hair was super poofy that day and it looked very 70s and so I just did one mocking that and I'm like oh no one will care but I have to get this out 
I think within like three minutes, like three comments by 15 year olds were like, oh my God, Ryan's out. And I'm just like, you're like, what? This is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Oh my God. And yeah, I think all of these spaces like definitely have different energies, you know, like you always hear about like a dumpster fire that Twitter is and all that stuff. And there's definitely going to be hate and like all of that in this, in, in every social media community. But I think with Star Trek, it's so special because you can relate to pretty much with something you can find common ground in Star Trek because there's enough and because like they Star Trek takes a future that isn't bleak and gives us some hope you know and I think everyone can relate to that at their core whether you're like Republican Democrat whatever like it doesn't sometimes the political leanings don't matter when you're like oh wait we both just like what a peaceful future cool like we both love Star Trek great (laughs) you know so I love that too that it it can like kind of de-escalate some like of that little tension that can come with like differences in beliefs and stuff and it is track is just camp enough that like there's just enough for you to just laugh at like even yeah. if if you kind of don't want to dive into like the heavy stuff it's just sometimes that you know we talk about how each like show has those horrible episodes we all shouldn't talk about the love but I mm-hmm. also love that like no one wants to talk about the was it the lantern episode from we have a full day about the fucking lizards threshold like we literally celebrate it I love that but you need that campiness like I'm going to hell for this I know I'm being kicked out of the fandom but I actually really kind of like the Irish town one fair Fair haven yes we love it I love it because it's the first time you see Janeway like full-on geek out and just be like just this little Irish nerd which I feel was very like Kate coded (laughs) you know and I liked that like you know he was of course he was a boyfriend of the day but like I liked that you got to see you know her kind of be wooed and exploring that side of her and it's like and she clearly like fixed him up to look like Chakotay. I'm gonna say uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. the stubble was a little too on point. So like <laughs> about two days growth, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. two days growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds a little specific, mm-hmm. honey. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, she's you know writing that? her own yeah. fan fiction on the holodeck, and she gets to do that. And so like, I I enjoyed it because it was just something a little different, and it was the you get to see Tom be a total nerd and like. I liked it, you know, because you need those little escapes and I love that they need an escape and you get to escape with them, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Totally. One of the joys of doing our holodeck series and talking about Voyager, because like, you're absolutely right. It it has to be an escape for them because they can't just, you know, take a shore leave on a random planet. They're trying to get home. And so it is really cool that we were talking about earlier how Daria, you said people are just so frustrating when they like gatekeep people's joy sort of, you know, when it's like, oh, you shouldn't be so excited about this. And that's something we actually talked about with Tom Paris and how wonderful he is in that. And he doesn't ever do that to people's holodeck stuff. And he's also very happy about his geekiness in his own holodeck adventures, you know, and he's so unabashedly just like, yeah, I love Captain Proton. What of it? You oh, know, yeah, no, and, he's such an. I love they try to yeah. make him so swarthy, and then he's like such a hipster. He's the hipster totally. of that time. I actually made like totally. a TikTok forever ago. I think it was last year about my theory that Tom was the actual moral officer, morale officer of Voyager, yeah. and Neelix was actually the counselor, and they were, without saying it, were working as a tag team. Because if you look at it. 
Neelix was kind of acting more of like Guinan, like, oh, we're doing something else, but we're talking about the heavy stuff. And he only appears like to talk to people like Bellana, you know, with the banana pancakes when she was really going through it, which is one of my favorite storylines. I love that they actually Mm -hmm. worked on depression and grief that way. Same. Um, And I feel like they should have done that more with the Maquis cast. But and but Tom really just was just showing his little hyper fixations and inviting everyone into it and letting off steam. And when, and that was when he wanted to, but when Neelix did, it was very specifically after a big event or, you know, when everyone's feeling everything. And so it felt more of like kind of a group therapy thing than it was of just, let's go to this Irish town and fuck around, you know, like, (laughs) but like, I felt like Tom was a little more in tune with what everyone's feeling, but he was more of just like, let me distract you. Let's have fun. And Neelix was like, let's dive into what we're feeling today, you know? But I think they made a beautiful tag team in it, even if they didn't know they were doing that, you know. Wow. Okay, so that for TED talk, for, like, for yeah. the listeners, <laughs> and on my next slide, <laughs> the listeners cannot see that Rian and I are nodding nonstop <laughs> the entire time Daria is talking. I've literally never thought about that, but it's mm-hmm. so true. Tom is always from season one, like open holodeck policy. Come have a drink with us that in this bar. bar. Yeah. yeah, he creates multiple bars. He creates that, <laughs> and then later he creates Fairhaven, and then all the chaos that ensues. I love this. It's, it's so true. And Neelix is definitely, he's, yeah, he's guy. And he's mom. He's like, don't worry. I'll like make you shitty food and we can talk about your trauma today. (laughs) Neelix is so like just this little Minnesota, like Midwestern mom. And he makes these horrible salads. that's going (laughs) to kill you. And it tastes just like gelatin. But you know what? It feels like home because he's taking care of you. It's the Ola Root pudding. You want some Ola Root, honey? No, I know you boxed it up, but it was, yeah, you want it. You want it. Come you here. want it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everyone in Voyager does their job, you know, to get through. And this is something I love so much about Voyager is that like, every Star Trek show, of course, has a cast for a reason. And it's not about a certain character for a reason, because it's like the future, we all have to work together. Like cooperation is literally Starfleet's like whole thing. And I think that Voyager, though, really stands out with the cast and just the crew in general, like, literally, if any of them hadn't played their roles in the way they did, like they wouldn't have gotten home. And we see this, you know, in like Timeless and Endgame and episodes that go terribly wrong um, or right, depending if you're Tom and Bellata, you had a great time at during Endgame, but you know, that's, that's for another, another day. But yeah, I just, I do love that about uh, Voyager particularly. And I never thought about that with Neelix and Tom. That's so fun. Brilliant. Um, okay, so I think now let's let's change it up a little bit. So I have just thrown a little paragraph into the chat. Everyone can take a look in the Zoom. I think it's time for a Janeway um, impersonation competition. So Rihanna, I'm making you go first. Okay, I have I have chosen. It's. I think it. I mean, gun to my head. This maybe is my favorite Janeway quote. There, Janeway has like. 20 quotes that are tied for first for me so this is one of my favorite Janeway quotes Rihanna I want you to read that in your best Janeway voice please all right there are three things to remember about being a starship captain keep your shirt tucked in go down with the ship and never abandon a member of your crew okay you're beautiful beautiful go next oh I'm making Daria go next oh it's, it's weird when you put on the spot Yep, we're doing it. 
Okay. <laughs> no, take your, take your time. Take your time. I'm literally, literally like channeling the Neo, the Naomi episode. Like imagine yeah. you're talking to I know, Naomi and you're like, I had to put my hand on her shoulder. No, I, that, I made Rihanna go first. Cause I was like, I'm not ready. So all right. <laughs> okay. We just like threw you to the wolves. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Essentially. We're too cute to be embarrassed. But... Yeah. <laughs> there are three things to remember about being a starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in, go down the ship and never abandon a member of your crew that wasn't good (laughs) no i think that was great i think it was great you have such a low voice naturally like it's very (laughs) really helps you very kate yeah you let me do it like seven more times i'll get it really good (laughs) (laughs) i feel like when i do kate i have to do the oh the little finger finger. gesture yeah you gotta Mm -hmm. move your finger you gotta do very expressive yeah okay Okay, i'm gonna go see how see how we do okay There are three things to remember about being a starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in, go down with the ship, and never abandon a member of your crew. Oh, you Woo! win. You handle that was so good. Oh my god. Pretty sweaty oh. right now. I know, <laughs> me too. Like, yeah, I know. That was so that was so good. I love that we're such nerds that we know the cadence of this <laughs> quote without watching it before. It's it's at that keep the shirt ticked on. Yeah. <laughs> And then she gets all soft at the end. Like, I just, I love, I love us. And that was really beautiful. All of you. <laughs> I love it. Cause like Kate tries to talk so like Shakespearean, mm-hmm. but then like sometimes just once in a while that Midwest will like come out of her. You're like fighting it down. <laughs> and, like, no baby, you're Midwest trash. Like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So now I think we should kind of dive into some theoretical questions. This is when the podcast becomes a dumpster fire. So everyone, <laughs> everyone like get your fireproof clothes on because we're about to like <laughs> set crazy. it all ablaze. So I'm just going to ask a very bold question uh, because we have some JC fans in the podcast right now. If you're not and listening, I'm so sorry, but um, okay, Daria, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, how would Voyager had been different if JC had become canon? And you can choose to answer this like any way you want. Like you can you can answer this like if they became canon during the show, like they got together during the run of Voyager. You could answer this like after Prodigy era, like any way you want. It's it's your interpretation. Just dropping you in the pit of fire right now. <laughs> okay, here's what, and it's probably because I watch way too many sitcoms, is that you have to have the slow burn. You yeah. had to have them butt heads. You had to have them the will they won't they because that's what keeps the viewers in you like that sexual tension so that's what keeps us so we they need to not be together for like most of it i think they should have gotten together kind of in like the fifth or sixth season because that's where janeway really became janeway like she needed to become herself before she is with someone else and chakotay need to really become chakotay and like kind of let go of a lot of stuff and become part of starfleet um but i think there could have been such an opportunity for them to kind of revisit the Starfleet versus Monkey and bring that tension again, kind of because I think it would have been like revamp the show. And instead of just being like, well, I guess we're fighting this alien now, like have it way more about like, we're facing the reality of we're coming home. We're going to have to face our families who have moved on. We're going to have to face our, our government. You know, and if you think about Janeway is used to being, she's not just the captain. She's the captain. She is 150. I forget how many people are on the ship. 150? Like 56 or something like that. 
yeah something like being that kicked out. i'm being canceled yeah, so fast after this. <laughs> <laughs> she's their government she's their religion she's their their compass and you come back into you can't just go back to being well i'm one of the masses now like she's gonna have a lot of issues with that and chakotay before had to adjust to that because he was the captain people completely forgot that he was the captain i almost got mad at her when she's like you don't understand yes he was the captain he completely understands like it may have been of like you know a terrorist sect but we don't talk about that but like you know i think there could have been them having to be uncomfortable with each other and i think that could have been the last season that carries them into that finale of just like it can go into okay when we get off the ship do we part and thank each other for what we've been and that we fell in love and this is who we are or do we go together and leave this time you know so like i think it could have been made a much more interesting ending there in the last season or two if they became canon so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what i think love that i love this so i when I think about this question, I do think about like other sitcoms that are like have happened before. And when you're talking about them getting together, maybe in season five or six, I can't help but think about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know if you've seen that yes, show, but that yeah. is one of my favorite cases of getting the main characters together. And it works so well. I think Parks and Rec does this too uh, mm-hmm. very well. Um, and I think it could have very easily been implemented in the same way. Like you're talking about with Voyager and Janeway Chakotay. For me, I think, yes, Janeway does have to find herself. But for me, I think almost the more like difficult thing that's in her way that's stopping them from being together is the burden of command because, and actually this is, I'm getting like so deep into it, but I did look up the Starfleet regulation that prohibits like characters, characters that prohibits people from getting together. And it literally says in the stipulation, it's it's regulation 1143 that prohibits Starfleet officers from getting together, but it is specific to short-term missions. And if a starship has a longer term journey, it's a soft regulation. Like they they understand that the nature of long-term missions is that naturally like bonds have to form. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel like Janeway hides behind that regulation the entire time they're coming home because she's afraid to open herself up to a relationship with Chicote and she's so afraid to fail and to not get them home that she would rather be with a dude from Fairhaven, you know, like, I mean, and she doesn't even end up being with him, mm-hmm. you know, she like changes how he looks and changes everything. And then she's like, okay, I have to, <laughs> I have to calm down, yeah. um, which hurts me to watch. Um, but I think she feels more comfortable isolating herself and not like getting her basic needs met rather than taking that risk with him and, like having a healthy relationship because I think absolutely if they had gotten together in like the last couple seasons of Voyager, it would have been totally fine. Like literally they would have had the same relationship. She would not be afraid to call him out on Mm -hmm. stupid shit. And he would not be afraid to call her out on stupid shit. Like nothing would really change except that if something went wrong, maybe officials could view it as, Oh, it's because she's biased because she loves Chakotay or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I feel like sitcoms have done it so well in the past. If I, I mean, 
even what we've seen of discovery, like they're able to get like Michael and book together. Like it's possible to get these characters together. And I just really wonder what went through Rick Berman's head, especially cause I just, I just rewatched Endgame cause I'm writing this gigantic fan fiction right now. That's um, Endgame. But if Chakotay went back in time and Janeway died. Ooh. Yeah. So oh, I, it's like, it I haven't read like it <laughs> opposite Endgame. And so I was watching it and taking notes and like, holy shit. But like Rick Berman, he, he just said, fuck you to Janeway because he was like, okay, I'm going to have your bestie seven who you've been like growing, you know, like kind of you as your child, kind of you as like, you know, like one of your close friends, like get with Chakotay who you've been flirting with for this whole time. I just think it's really insane. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And it's, I think, was it uh, Jerry Ryan said like, she tried to make acting choices to make it make sense. Like it does make sense for seven to like him. I don't think that's out of the box of like, agreed. Yeah. She's thinking very, cause she thinks logically and she's thinking probably biologically too, of just like, well, I need a strong male who has led me and that, but I can feel can match me, you know, intellectually. Uh, and he guides everybody. So I guess him yeah. and, she's practicing on him so then she's probably built you know because you remember with his hologram so -hmm. she's built this probably attachment she didn't realize she had on him so that would make from her point of view i don't think that's out as out of the box it's just how they presented it to us of just like you two you know here it is yeah with him it's kind of if they just played it more with him as well of just being like you have been saying no to me for seven years like clearly this isn't going to happen um but i feel like he would have then chosen like not her. <laughs> like yeah alana or someone i don't know but yeah. like yeah i think if they they could have just easily fixed that if they just shown us a couple scenes of them connecting as human people but no i don't there were so many choices that were just like the show i love it as it is it's my little messy baby but like yeah there's so many Berman just sucks <laughs> yeah. literally curse his name yeah I feel like too we have to think about Chakotay's side and think about like the sort of turmoil that he's going through as being second in command being having to like always sort of advise Janeway but also go against her a lot you know when he feels she's not making the like sound decision or or if he's you know got his feels about seska or whatever's going on in the, in the particular episode but i feel like it's really interesting to think about why chakotay is holding back and why he says to her oh we know we never crossed that line or whatever he says in shattered and that so devastating because you think about like all of the blatant flirting that's been happening for all these years all the little like and in that episode touches. yeah, yeah. like so much flirting in that episode just alone and so it makes me think too that like they're both so driven by fear and so driven by the desire to get home that it's eclipsing everything else even though like you dummies realize it could take you 70 years to get home or more you know or less like you're trying to you know find these shortcuts but they do realize it's going to be this long journey and I think they're still paralyzed by fear regardless of that and like you said Ashlyn Janeway's totally hiding behind that regulation and I know that Mulgrew did talk about specifically her not wanting Janeway to get with Chakotay during the series because of her being the captain, because of it being this whole complication of like her character and not wanting to just have her be like, then suddenly she's the love interest or he's the love interest type thing. And 
I really do respect that. Like, I think like if Kate Mulgrew says that it's not a good idea, she knows Janeway, she knows sort of what this captain needs and what she's doing and why but like I just want more of the why then you know like I think give us more than just the the little regulation or the oh she's my captain I can't wait there's some lines we never cross like it 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 doesn't give me enough substance to not want to keep seeing it happen or not want to keep shipping it or hoping that it went a different way you know like particularly with the tacking on of seven of nine and Chakotay Exactly like you said, Daria, the thing that frustrates me to no end is that Chakotay, like, never even seemed to like Seven, let alone love her. Like, he treated her kind of like garbage. He always assumed that she was betraying them. Like, anytime there was any boring situation, he's like, watch out for Seven. And I'm like, can you fucking stop for two seconds and think, like, (laughs) of all the stuff she's done for you, you know? And so I think that it was just a bad matchup because they wanted some last minute love and some last minute like motivator you know to make Chakotay have died and Seven have died in Endgame like there's so much messiness of that finale that I think they were trying to build to it in this way but it just didn't work because the characters didn't work together and yeah so all I'm saying is just give us more explanation as to why they didn't get together and I'd much rather now see them just full send it in Prodigy just like go crazy let them have their marriage you know like let them actually be married or like be working up to that point whether it's like they are canonically right now married or if they like get together or like have some sort of start of a relationship after she hopefully finds Chakotay wherever he is, you know, like that kind of loss and distance, you know, is got to bring them closer together. Come on. Like we got to see something soon. So I, I do respect the choices they made of not putting them together in Voyager, but like Mulgrew said, nothing is stopping them now from getting them together. So that's what well, i Rihanna, thank you for bringing up, um, talking about what Kate Milger said. We had the joy of seeing her talk when we went to the statue in Bloomington, Indiana. That That looks so cool. It was was like life changing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like a convention, except it was one day and it was just Kate Milger. It was crazy. (laughs) But one of the things she talked. Oh, so yeah, I cried. (laughs) I cried. The whole day. Yeah. Okay. And driving away, I was crying. Like, it was just a weep fest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, not only did she talk about that day, because, of course, everyone was asking her questions about Prodigy, and everyone talks about Chakotay, and she just rolled her eyes. She's like, everyone wants me to fuck Chakotay, you know? (laughs) Um, So, I think it's bigger than that, though, because when she was filming it in like 95 was the first year that it was season one came out, and then, you know, went all the way. the idea that probably a lot of writers want was for her to fuck as many people as she could kind of like Kirk, you know, um, like Riker, like we have so many people in Star Trek who are just fuck boys and like, maybe like they're good fuck boys or bad fuck boys, you know, depending on the situation, I think it would be really easy to throw Janeway into that situation where, Oh yeah, the odd alien here or there, like, um, Maybe she could get together with them. Maybe she could get together with someone on Voyager. But Kate Mulgrew was so firm about that. Like, I am not fucking anyone in my ready room. Like, they're. Yeah, you have to realize, like, politically or like just this was the 90s. Like, exactly. Yeah. She was doing a high wire act. Yes. Doing it. She was towing the line between acknowledging, like, not burying the fact that she's a woman but also trying to keep that respect, which is what a lot of women, even today in science, in military, I can't even imagine trying to be a military captain even today, 
how, what a high wire act of like, oh, I'm not hiding who I am, but also you're going to respect me. And you have to like, I think police yourself a lot. So she definitely knew what she was doing there. Yes. Um, so I totally, you know, as much as I love going goo goo gaga over like the fanfics and the, you know, it's mm-hmm. so fun. I completely respect that decision, but I think they could have all just fixed it at the very end when she goes, we're home. If it just shows yes. their hands. Boom. There you Classic. go. Do solve. Yeah. Done. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's literally what I'm thinking too. Like the era that Voyager happened in. And even now, I feel like if Voyager was made today, like I don't yeah. know what the right call would be. You know, like it, it's it's so powerful to have a female leader who's just like there for her crew, who's just like being as badass as everybody else. Um, I, I think it's kind of like the How I Met Your Mother ending where I loved the show and then the finale was trash. <laughs> and, like <laughs> I, I love Voyager. The finale endgame is not trash by any means, but it is really hard to watch yes. those J, those fucking Chicote seven scenes. Um, oh I totally agree with you. If they had just had some scene, like they get back to Earth and like Jane and Chicote look at each other and they're like, okay, yeah. we did it. Little, we we yeah. got them home, you know? Exactly. I mean, they could have even done something as open-ended as like, legend of Korra ending you know and where you're like was that did that just happen you know and you're kind of like okay cool um and I'm sorry we have so many people who probably have not seen legend of Korra can you just give like a general what like explanation of your noises spoiler of the very last you can just be like just general explanation of I mean it's like two characters essentially walking off into the sunset together holding hands and it's like perfect you know because you're like oh I didn't expect these two to get together but this is really beautiful and I'm pretty sure that's what they're insinuating with having them you know do that whole sort of romantic ending and so that could be perfect for endgame or for prodigy let's go I just I want to see it I, w- I want to see more than a hug you know and it's so funny because I spent like all of my childhood and adulthood my whole life basically shipping like gay characters you know or, or wanting to ship people of the same sex and so it's so funny being so devoted to like a hetero ship that like isn't happening because I feel like it's like queer bait but like straight bait no I'm it's like, totally Whoa. queer coded it's, it's that <laughs> yeah. tension and all of what you're not saying mm-hmm. which is like I love reading stories or like my my favorite thing when I do read a book is my favorite genre is autobiographies by women. That's like all I want to read. And so, you know, or like documentaries. And there was one that I loved um, by Netflix and I think called Secret Love. And it's about these two women who fell in love, I think in the forties. And they were one of like Rockford Peaches. Like they were like so much (laughs) when you weren't allowed to be. But they would literally write each other love letters and then rip off the bottom so people didn't know who was writing to who. Mm -hmm. And like all the things they like just couldn't say and all the code words they had to use and just all the secrecy. And it's that I think has become almost romantic in the queer community. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But in the queer community of just like, it's almost evolved into the less you say, the more you're saying. And I think that's why um, Janeway and Chakotay feel almost queer coded because there's so much they're not saying that they're saying to each other, you know? And that's why I've been so so just rabid and like going crazy over them is because there's so much given to us to work with. Absolutely. I think also the, the thing I find so interesting about them too is the power dynamic because, you know, they are not 
in those stereotypical gender roles, like Janeway mm-hmm. as the captain, she she has this ability to be very feminine and very masculine. Like she has traits of both and Chakotay as well. Chakotay, I mean, if even if you just listen to his speech about the angry warrior and angry warrior in resolutions, if you don't even look for any signs of love in that, basically what he's saying is I find peace by doing what I can to help you. And even in a very innocent level, I think that's really awesome. And I think that's why, you know, you're talking about Seven and Chakotay being a good match for each other or like why, why, I can't believe I said that. I'm like, I'm going to burn in hell. (laughs) But what I, what I mean is why Seven would be attracted to Chakotay is that he's someone who is so giving and is so thinking of. He's just written for the female gaze. Let's just say it. He was written for the girls. Literally. Chakotay is all about pleasing the women. Like he's, he's (laughs) like, I'm going to sacrifice my happiness for whatever you need. And uh, I think that's such a gender swap. You know, we, there are not many Trek characters like that who are males and Chakotay is really unique in that respect. And, you know, he has his strengths and weaknesses, but I think that's what I love so much about their relationship dynamic is it's not traditional gender roles at all. It's, it's just yeah. a captain and her first officer. <laughs> Ashla, do you remember that meme you made about like uh, Chakotay, like ordering at the restaurant? And Janeway. Oh, yeah. Can you say yeah. it? Because it's well, so funny. I mean, it's basically like if you're at a restaurant with your partner and you're like, oh, I, I really wanted butter on this thing, but it didn't come with it or whatever. And then the partner's like, um, excuse me, I really <laughs> needed like my partner ordered this. Like, what the fuck? And it's it's just like Chicote, people like Chicote need someone who's gonna call out need that Janeway. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like who's the who's the person who's gonna like bring back the waiter to say, hey, you forgot this thing, you know? Yeah. And it's it's Janeway. <laughs> Chicote's like, it's fine. Okay, I'm just gonna eat yeah. it. I don't it's all it's not what I ordered, but no yeah. Worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that you're talking about the the sort of swap in in gender roles here, and that's always fun. And and another way that makes it very queer coded, and that is it's so such a fun thing to watch. Though you know, even I think off obviously, like we said, the tension is what makes it so good too. So the fact that it's like not canon yet, of course, is so frustrating, but it does make for some really juicy episodes. <laughs> that's for yes. sure. Yeah. Wow, I've just loved this conversation from the beginning to the end. And I want to have this last part of the podcast be about anything else we want to say, anything else we want to talk about. So I just want to open up this last part for Rihanna or Daria or me, if I have any thoughts about just Voyager in general, Star Trek fandom. Um, yeah, I'm fine to go first. Uh, yeah. I, I, We were talking earlier about sort of Ashlyn and I love to imagine different scenarios, different characters and different like episodes of Trek and so actually Ashlyn and I because we're major dorks and we're very excited uh, all the time about Star Trek we are kind of planning a fanfic where she's writing the JC parts and I'm writing the sort of like up on the the Voyager the you know, part, so yeah. Tuvok parts um, of Attached. So it's going to be really fun because I'm going to write the Tuvok parts where Riker like is essentially, Tuvok's essentially Riker just like stressed out of his mind <laughs> wondering where the captain and first officer are. Well, and I want to give like a general for those of you who haven't seen TNG, this is an episode in the sixth seventh right? in the seventh, yeah, seventh yeah. season where Picard and Crusher are captured 
um, on a planet and they are connected by, I mean, it's supposed to keep them imprisoned, but they're like, like, yeah, yeah, their minds are connected. So after a couple hours, they can start to read each other's thoughts. And so they are able to escape from the prison and they're like walking through this planet, trying to get to an area where they can actually beam back to enterprise. And the entire time, like their thoughts are connected and they're just growing closer and closer uh, and so Rhiannon and I thought it'd be a really fun collaboration to do this with different characters. And I think with yeah. JC it would be like insane. Yeah. yeah. Be, they're already so in tune. It'd be interesting to see like them reading each other's thoughts of just like, I think Chakotay would be shocked at how horny Janeway is. <laughs> yes. That girl she does professed. not put, yeah, like yeah. she does not act that way at all, but she totally is. Yeah. I absolutely. think she's, she reminds me so much of, who was it? Um, I was, it was an interview with, I think, Kate Blanchett. And she was talking about playing Queen Elizabeth, the, the first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how she talks about how she controlled her walking and that she's always like, kind of stopping herself because she'd rather be out riding horses doing stuff she doesn't want to be in this courtroom in this you know holding court so Mm -hmm. she like is very like stilted and now she walks I'm like that's literally Janeway that's literally Janeway she doesn't want to be controlling everything she likes to explore she's an explorer at heart and that's I think she became a captain because then she could explore but she didn't want to be like the government of the you know the basically they're a tiny earth in and she's the government of earth of this this very tiny earth that's floating through the delta quadrant and so she doesn't want to probably she didn't think she'd be taking on that much of a role so i think a part of her just wants to like party (laughs) yes yeah and we see that come out in like certain times you know when she gets to relax in the holodeck but she never really lets go or lets those sort of reins loose and so it would be really interesting to hear like what is Janeway actually thinking okay well (laughs) Heike like what kills me and if you guys haven't seen workforce part two in a while (laughs) you should watch it because like the whole plot of workforce is that like the Voyager crew most of them have been kidnapped and Mm -hmm. brainwashed and put to work on this planet where they work for this plant and they have completely different lives Tom and Bolana end up still finding each other which is very lovely Bolana's even pregnant with Tom's child um but Chakotay comes down and he tries to like hi hi Janeway like you're my captain let's go back to Voyager um but like that is a really kind of heartbreaking episode to watch because Chakotay asks her um like you you're so intelligent you could probably run this plant that you work for and she's like who would want that responsibility and the entire time Kate Mm -hmm. Mulgrew does such a beautiful job of showing like Janeway is a light character like she's walking without the burden of being a captain she like doesn't care was fabulous in that episode I know it doesn't matter but her hair was yes yes (laughs) fabulous absolutely yeah and I like her whole persona is completely different like she's still Janeway for sure but she's not burdened with the responsibility that she has and yet in the last like five minutes of the episode they're Janeway's back in her Starfleet outfit and she remembers who she is and uh she says you know if you hadn't picked me up I think I I would have stayed there forever and I never would have known I had this other life. Jacote says, do you regret it? You know? And she says, not for a second. And I don't know if that was honest. Like yeah. I, I think there's a small part of her that enjoyed not being Catherine Janeway for a minute. Oh yeah. The face acting alone in this, in this two episode arc, like when 
Chakotay first approaches her and he's like, Catherine, she goes, I'm sorry, who are you? And you see him just kind of fall. Yes. You know, I think that's the first time he's been like not just addressed with such adoration. Like she just, she does love him and yes. she shows that love just by, I, every time he walks in the room, she's like happy to see him. And that's the first time, like she's being lovely and nice, but like that must be crushing to him to just be like, oh, you're nothing right now to me in my brain. Not nothing, you know, and that. And then when, you know, that gorgeous scene, it's so beautifully shot of like when he first takes off his disguise. Yeah, the derma regenerator. And she's like, she's like a child looking up at a Christmas tree. Just like, just, it's so beautifully done because there's just such subtle, subtle face acting that I'm like, to both actors, to the story, the writing, like those are one of the like, all the issues you may have with like how the series was ran and how like things were written. That was, it doesn't matter. Those were so beautifully done. And that uh, that's honestly one of the best episodes that I've seen in Trek in general, maybe even just in TV. Like it's just so, I can talk forever. You, I gotta rewatch this. (laughs) It's been way too long. I I don't remember. Well, well, see, it's so funny because I rewatched Workforce like a month or two ago and I texted Rihanna. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing with your life? And then literally like two days ago, I rewatched it again. I've been, (laughs) I've been sick for the last week and I was watching all my Trek comfort episodes and I'm like, specifically Workforce part two. (laughs) Part two, just diving right in. Yeah. Slaps. So Rihanna, this is your third reminder. Yeah, I know. Watch. I've really got to get on it now. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm so glad you talked about. I'm just thinking of those parallels too. And there's other Trek episodes that really do what Workforce does. I'm thinking of Kirk and Paradise Syndrome, the set of Paradise, one of the Paradise ones uh, with Miramoni. <laughs> and, Paradise episodes. On yeah, there. <laughs> there are Our Trek in general. Like, yeah, I think, I think it's. I think, I think that one's syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> If we're both saying the same word, yeah. it must be right. <laughs> but the one with Miramoni and he like completely forgets who he is and like joins this entire culture and he like basically marries Miramoni and they're going to have a kid together, all this stuff. And like he had been sort of hinting it, oh, maybe I'm tired of being a captain. Maybe I don't want this. And even makes me think of Doctor Who when um, David Tennant for a while was just John Smith and just like totally forgot he was the doctor. And he, same kind of thing, was just, like, literally light and just happy and, like, not burdened at all. And it's just, like, oh, it's so it's so cool and sad to see, like, how you can sort of pick apart these characters, take away their role, what sort of, quote-unquote, defines them, and see what's, like, left over. And a lot of times it's just, like, joy or just, like, because sometimes the things that define you or the things that you love are also, like, things that can hurt you and can be, like, hard. And I think that Janeway really embodies that sometimes. Well, and the worst part is that, like, Kirk could just take shore leave after that incident. Yeah. Like, he could just be like, okay, I need to go to Earth and, like, <laughs> yeah. take a break. But Janeway, she's still the captain. Even when everyone's on shore leave, she's wasting time that they need to be getting back to Voyager. You know, like, there's no time where she can... I mean, I think, actually, there is time. Like, she could take those breaks if she wanted to, but she never carved out those possibilities to be like okay Chakotay can you just be captain for a week and I'm just gonna vibe you know yeah um except like episodes like night where she literally does that um because she falls like into depression and like she like, literally burned herself out yeah yeah uh, no. there's actually a fan fiction like line that's stuck in my brain and I can't find it again but it's from Suter's point of view 
Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of a dark one. I think it didn't go back. So like it was kind of fucked up. But it was such a good line about him just reading the people around him. And he said about Jamie, he's like, you could fill cargo bays with her guilt. And I'm like, and I think that's what keeps her going is not just like, I want to go home or like, you know, she, she wants to go home. She loves exploring. She loves this Voyager family. But at the end of the day, I think her core drive, her warp core basically to keep going and burn herself out is guilt. And you see it in that view. It's like, of course she thinks she doesn't deserve this love with Chakotay. Of course she's not gonna even sleep more than probably 90 minutes a night. (laughs) You know, like she is just, she functions on guilt. That is her, what's coursing through her. And that's, it's coughing guilt. And that's, you know, that's, you know, that's how she functions. I mean, why else would she spend 10 years after they got home planning Mm -hmm. how to get them back even sooner like even once she gets them home she's still guilty because she's not able to get that out of her system and she's like okay I'm gonna just go back in time and redo it you know Mm -hmm. I I Daria you yeah that's that's the whole thing yeah yeah she can't send Janeway to jail when she got home you can't put her in prison what are you gonna do put a letter on it she is her own jailer she's her own edu- executioner she is her judge she is her worst enemy honestly because she will torture herself better than anyone else in the world could you know so she survived the hyrogen who's honestly one of my favorite like bad guys i found love so good yeah, one of my favorites love um, yeah. she survived so many of these terrible because they're nothing compared to what she puts herself through every day which i think is a beautiful you know way of explaining people who deal with mental illness or like who may have like dealt with like addiction and then have to like answer to what they did when they were using like there's I think people could really pull from her just right there of just like dealing with your own demons is because she doesn't (laughs) that's yeah you know I think why she's so compelling Yes. And I think why Voyager became such a good like show f- during the pandemic for people too. And I, I really, it did call out to me in a lot of ways as well, because we're do we're having to do so much introspection, you know, when yes. we're all locked in our rooms and <laughs> when we're all like, don't want to go outside again and re-enter this world. I think that, I think a lot back to Janeway and how assimilating back into the Alpha Quadrant must've been a nightmare, you know, even even when she quote unquote did it right the second time and when end game didn't happen and everyone's, you know, saved early, it still must've been just this huge whiplash. And I think that I, I just love that Voyager tackles stuff like that. Like obviously deep space nine did that too. TNG to some extent talks about like mental illness and like war and all of these really tough subjects. But I think Voyager is so unique in the way that it goes into like the human like reactions and the human nature of like how we deal with these certain traumas and how we deal with isolation and separation and like being completely sort of ripped away from your families and things like that and so it was such a great and also very sad show to watch during the pandemic it's something that we could all like suddenly really relate to and it just made Janeway even more compelling thinking of her going through that too yeah yeah 
Oh, I, I'm really loving how this turned into a Janeway love fest. Like this is how I wish, even when we're doing like TNG episodes, I want it to turn into a Janeway love fest. (laughs) So (laughs) as often as possible, we make a, we have a running joke of like how many times we say Janeway's name on not a Voyager episode. Like, oh yeah. Don't make this a drinking game because you will die. Like, Like, well, this is kind of like when Janeway did this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like very vague. It's barely even like the same, like Not Janeway also yeah. took a drink of water during that episode. Yeah. So yeah. Same. So clearly yeah. we need to talk about her. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has just been so wonderful. Daria, I want to give you a moment to promote your TikTok. So where, what's your username? Um, what kind of TikToks do you make? Just like, here's your time to shine. Tell us about your, your oh, social my tag media. name. And I, for, I wrote it down and then like forgot my own tag name. And I'm like, it's damn it, Daria. So <laughs> I probably can't promote this on other places because it's so hard, but I like it because I say it to my brain all the time, but it's mostly, I mean, I throw in things of whatever I I'm interested in lately. I've been kind of hyper fixing on Abbott elementary, but yeah. it's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly a Star Trek TikTok page. It's mostly making fun of us fans. Um, it's a lot of, when I make fun of like, for example, for example, Jay Sears, I'm making fun of myself. Yes. But it's just kind of, it's mainly just funny jokes about um, Voyager and the, putting them in the characters in funny situations. And then it's a few of just me pretending to be Kate and Robert laughing at us. So it's, yes, if I you don't mind movie. being made fun of a little bit, uh, <laughs> that's that's my thing so yeah yeah I, lo- yeah I love your tiktoks because it's what i see in myself like, yes literally. yeah <laughs> sometimes i'll be like that's something ashland's literally said i'll send it to to her i'll be like um you guys have share a brain like what's going yeah. on <laughs> well, there was one time it was kate's birthday and i made fun of like robert tweeting her and then like us being like can you make a baby and he's like no we're both nearly seven how old do you think we are and yeah. not and I made this before he tweeted anything to her and I posted it and everyone's like oh you're making fun of the tweet and I'm like what and I what went on and they roughly said the same things to each other <laughs> like the brain, you're like I just know this all right, yeah. I know right now. <laughs> so yeah I think I'm on the pulse there so yeah Definitely. that was pretty fun absolutely yeah. yeah Rhian and I think of you as the queen of Trek talk so we are just so yeah. happy oh to have you on our podcast and it's been such a delight well I think that um we will be definitely interested to hear who you thought was the best Janeway today um we love to hear your input and also I'm also curious to know as we were talking about earlier writing about different characters in certain Star Trek scenarios so if you have suggestions for us like I'm a big fanfic writer so I'll probably write like something if you suggest it because I've nothing but time on my hands (laughs) yeah actually I do want to say and I wish I had the author in my brain at this moment but I read like a literal like life-changing fanfic on AO3 archive of our own that was yeah best website it it was Jane Wayne Chakotay in the episode Twilight from Enterprise and that's the episode where Archer loses his memory and every day to pull like to pull like they (gasps) read that one it's so good it's It's so good yeah like they retire from Starfleet they're like on a planet every day to pull reminds Archer that you know you're not a captain anymore like you lost your memory and it was with Janeway she lost her memory and Chakotay was like taking care of her full time it was it was fantastic so please 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 like send us your ideas in social media 
Um, this is something that like when I'm bored, I just think about, I'm like, how can I put these people into this terrible situation? (laughs) No, literally same. And Ashlyn, I, a while ago, I don't even know if you remember telling, asking me to do this. I'm still writing it. I did not forget. Uh, you asked me if I could write fascination from deep space nine, but with the TOS crew. And so I have been, and fascination is, uh, the episode where Lawaxana is sort of like betazoid, uh, menopause is making everyone fall for someone that they have like makes them horny attraction yeah. to yeah it makes yeah them all horny. Looks on is perfect yeah it's, <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite deep space night episodes which somehow angers a lot of people but i don't care i love it i think it's hilarious and so i'm currently writing a tos version of that that's gonna be absolutely bad shit so i'm sorry yes. <laughs> you know what's funny about that rihanna is i had like a really terrible week in october like october 2022 yeah. and rihanna was like how can i help you and i gave her this prompt and i just want to know that it's april of 2023 I'm but sorry. it's it's I fine yeah i did not make your week better but one one week it will be <laughs> when this you have done. to like write it and then pretend you're still working on it and then wait till like she's having the worst week of your life there like, you go yeah. what's so funny Whoa, just this thing just have yeah i just yeah i just published it today <laughs> go read it <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. gosh well thank you all for joining us this has been kind of a strange time for the dura sisters podcast because We've been hyper fixated on Voyager for no reason. And then also on Picard for a good reason, because the new (laughs) episodes are are coming out every week. So thank you all for sticking, (laughs) sticking in. No, thank you all for, (laughs) thank you all for hanging in with us. And we are so excited to start our catch up series coming up the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk a lot of new Trek. We're going to talk about family, time travel, uh, first officers, villains, everything that Rihanna talked about in the beginning of the episode. And then we'll be, we will be going into the engineering series. So that's going to be really fun. We are hoping to get some guests, like some high key guests for that. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, Daria, it's been a delight. Thank you. I feel like there are some guests that we just like all share a brainwave. And I really have felt <laughs> that in the yes. last hour and a half with you. <laughs> Well, I've had so much fun. Thank you. I kind of invited myself on. So thank you for letting me. I was doing it as a joke. And then like, I we flew like, too yeah, close win. to the warp core. And now that <laughs> girl boss too close to the warp core. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like even like just seeing your TikTok, we, we were like, yes. And then even reading the comments of like your devoted mm-hmm. fans were like, they were, were like, all screaming. Yeah. Like every comment was in caps, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like you have to do this. So it was like, yes, of course we have to collab. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, and it's so funny because like I don't think of people as fans. That sounds fake, but honestly, like because I at one time I was watching a live and it was random Gothenric and uh flute music, and yes. they mentioned me and I ran into like the room my the room and my husband was gaming and I'm like <gasps> flute music just gave me a compliment and he's like who the fuck are you talking about I'm like oh I forget you have no idea who I'm talking about but yes. like I'm a fan of fans and so I was like riding high and you just call me the queen of t- like yeah i'm gonna be obnoxious for a month like you don't understand what you just opened but you yeah. have a right to be because you are a queen and we're just so happy that like you're out here creating amazing trek stuff and that we get to talk with you about it like this is just seriously the highlight of my week so much well fun. i'm gonna invite myself again whenever you want me because yeah. I- <laughs> we have like people just invite themselves depending on what series they find is really interesting and so please like if we're, you know, we're going to be doing a whole slew. We have like, what, three pages of a list of going right now of how many series we want to do. So we'll be doing this for a long time. (laughs) 
Yeah, oh, I can a- write a novel on lower decks. So if you have any of those, I would. So okay, I'm yes. a girl. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Rhiannon and I joke that the amount of ideas we have, we will at least be going for like five more years because yeah. it takes <laughs> so long yeah. to get through every series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, this has just been so fantastic. I want to thank you both so much for joining us. And I hope you will tune in next week to the family series. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about Prodigy with our sister again. So Gabby yes. is going to be heading right back into the studio next week. And we're going to just get to talk about Prodigy and all of its glorious family moments and tragic. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everybody has a great week. Thank Thank you. you. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the 11th episode of our family series, where Ashton and Rihanna will discuss the best family moments in Star Trek Prodigy. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, 6 12 or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and join one of our exclusive tiers and receive merch and special podcast reviews you can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the dura sisters podcast if you would like to contact us for any reason please do so at the dura sisters podcast at gmail.com so far we have covered these podcast series pilot episodes family love and affection time travel villains movies feminism death fakeouts first officers spooky series and the holodeck series if you haven't heard a particular series yet please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes social media editing and marketing is done by rihanna hurd and sometimes ashlyn gelman our intro and outro is by jerry goldsmith that's some bullshit (laughs) i call bullshit